Hi, welcome to Vibing With, brought to you by Puzzles of Color. Today, we're vibing with Nolan Anderson. Based in Florida, Nolan is an uncompromising contemporary American artist. His work is a celebration of people of color, their style, their grace, and strength that has been forged through turbulent times and an ongoing legacy that shapes American history. He is the hardest behind Out of My Soul. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being with us. Glad to be here with you. Well, we already talked, we know a little bit about each other and things, so I would love you just to uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I'm originally, I was born in, in Virginia, um, grew up there, and art was always a part of my life. It was from a little boy, it was something I guess my parents had recognized, and uh, they would always push me to do art, so it doesn't matter whether it was birthday, holidays, whatever, I knew I was getting art supplies. And so it was just something that I enjoyed doing other than playing with my toys. Um, I was uh, what you would call a homeboy long before the term homeboy as we know it today. I was like a homeboy. Um, I had friends in school and in the neighborhood, but I didn't play with them as much. I mainly I stayed in the house and, you know, I had these drawing books and uh, uh, my brother and I, we would always draw and we would draw one another's families. And we'd be like, no, this is your mama right here. <laughs> no, 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 that's not, that's not your mama look. So, and I actually, I still have the books. I, I have two books left. So um, drawing was always wow. a big part of something between me and my brothers. And <clears throat> started off doing comic books like most kids, you know, Credible Hulk, X-Men, that type of thing. Uh, entering contests at the boys club uh, when I grew up. Um, eventually I stopped using comic books and sort of was kind of like creating my own little characters and my own superheroes. You know, like I said, I still have the books and, and I have all these superheroes that I made up. And so, you know, that went from elementary through high school and I was always what they would call the, the, the school artists. They would always have me drawing stuff, you know, decorating room doors and all that. Eventually after I graduated high school, I went to art school down in Fort Lauderdale uh, Florida. Two years there, um, finished off school there. It was a two-year program where I took up advertising. Uh, at the time, they didn't offer anything in fine art. I uh, wish that they did, but they didn't. And so when I finished school there, I worked for an advertising agency for a short time, and I started doing freelance art. Did a lot of freelance art. During that time, um, I worked for uh, Channel 10, uh, they hired me as a um, court artist where you go inside the federal courthouse and do court sketches. And uh, that was pretty uh, that was pretty cool. I, I like that. I did it for about maybe six years, about five or six years. Um, and basically you would I, I would show up at the courthouse and uh, sometimes the reporter would meet me there and we sit in the courtroom and he would point out or he or she would point out uh, the, the main people. They said, give me a picture of this person or that person, and I'll do the drawings. And a lot of times, if it was big news, the, the, the news trucks would be on the outside of the courthouse. So once I get outside the courthouse, they set up and, you know, he'd do his story, and we'd have the pictures right there, and the cameraman would be there. And oftentimes, um, I could sell to uh, competition, well, stations that were not in competition with Channel 10. Like I couldn't sell yeah. to Channel 6 or Channel or CNN, but I can do like yeah. the uh, the uh, press, I can do that AP. Um, 
and they would actually purchase the art on spot and take a picture of it. So that was pretty cool. During that time, I also worked uh, at Univision, which is uh, Latin television down in Miami, one of the major headquarters is there. I worked in the art department there for a time. And all this was going on as a freelance illustrator. I spent some time doing uh, Judaic art, uh, designing uh, home blessings, uh, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, uh, mezuzahs, that type of thing. Did that for a number of years. Uh, the, the work, that style of work um, or art, I, I replaced an artist who was out of Israel and, and the company had a particular style that they wanted to sort of keep it seamless. And so they asked, could I do that? And I was like, nah, yeah, I can. Which I always <laughs> said that even if I could. Um, yeah, and I started doing the work. Uh, did not like that style of art at that time. It was really they used a lot of gold and a lot of uh, silver when they printed. Um, really shiny stuff. Uh, but it grew on me, and, and I, I took a liking to it. Um, and it served me later on when I began to start doing my own work. I started incorporating gold leaf. Uh, even if you can see the thing behind me, there's some gold leafing in there. You may can't pick it up, but there's gold leafing and gold powders and and uh, metals that I use in my art today. But that all stemmed from doing the Judaic art. And um, I, I think all my experience uh, doing freelance work and working for so many different people, everybody wanting something a little different. And of course, I'm always saying I can do it. I can do it. Um, it. I was able to learn a little from, you know, doing all these different jobs. And I try to implement that in my work that I do today. Uh, so fast forwarding um, for about uh, 10 years before, prior to moving to Tampa where I live now, because this time I was in South Florida, I was working um, in the yacht industry, doing restoration work, did it for about 10 years. Uh, we would go inside yachts and sailboats and we would restore damaged wood or furniture. And it was a group of artists, maybe at the most seven to eight at a time. And I mean, this was like a kit glove type of a thing, shoes off. I mean, spotless because these, these were really nice uh, boats. And we would go on these uh, ships and, you know, if, if the floor was damaged or the walls or the furniture was chipped, we basically fill it in, repair it, and faux paint the grain, make it disappear, make it look like it never was there. And so I did that for a number of years, um, for 10 years. And eventually my family and I, we moved from South Florida to the Tampa area. Um, and at that point I began to start focusing on doing fine art, uh, doing my own work. And uh, from that point, uh, been doing a lot of painting for myself, but taking all the experience from all those past years and, and applying it into what I do now. Um, I linked up with a group of uh, artists. And at the time I was the youngest one in the group, um, but I have, uh, there's one particular uh, person who had, who heads up the group, who I sort of, um, I, I, I trust their opinion when I show work to them. And, you know, they, they have an eye for work and, and, uh, she saw that I was working in acrylics. Her name is, um, we call it Maureen Mo. Uh, she saw that I was working in acrylics. She said, no, I think you really should switch over to oils. I think you'll do a good job at some oils. And uh, so I went out and I got some oils 
and started working with oils and I haven't looked back since it's oil painting is I enjoy I, I enjoy acrylics too I, I'm, as a matter of fact I do mixed medium I use oils acrylics watercolors but oils is like my favorite at, you know now so like from the court art until all the way to like doing yachts and restoration art restoration I would say mm -hmm. like how is it like how do you think it all affected your art style that you do now I know you say you incorporate most of it anyway or into well, your art Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the court drawings. I mean, yeah, the, the court drawings was done with pastels because uh, you can move faster. You can cover a lot of ground with a pastel that you can with a color pencil or, or or paints for that matter. So they were done in pastel at the time. There there was only three court artists in South Florida. That was myself, Channel Six, and Channel uh, CNN. And um, I used to use, uh, believe it or not, black uh, pastel paper because the other artist, one artist used tan, the other one used like this um, real pale white. And so just to be different, I did, and it was dramatic looking, I used black, you know, uh, paper. And sort of just to be different. Um, they were some really good court artists at the time. I was, I think I was okay. I, I had a style of my own. But these uh, women were doing it for years and years, and, and I was new to it. And I ended up getting pretty good at it. Um, did it for a number of years. Um, but that, like I said, the pastels, were, that was the only time I was ever really using pastels in my life. Uh, watercolors, when I started painting, I started with watercolors. And funny thing is, it wasn't until I went to art school, I had a friend of mine, uh, he's a friend till this day, uh, he was a classmate of mine, and he saw that I, I worked with pencils. Before, I only did one painting in my life before I went to art school in South Florida. Everything else I did was usually uh, markers or pencil, but I was really good with penciling. I got, you know, make something look like a black and white photograph. And uh, my friend said to me one day, he said, Nolan, you know, if you're going to do this for a living, you really need to start painting in color. If you're going to do freelance work, you need to you know, diversify a little bit. And um, I remember him making that statement and that stuck in my head. To this day, I bring it up to him. He don't remember it, but I remember the, the statement. <laughs> yeah. And it was from there I began to experiment with colors. I was a little intimidated by using paint. I mean, forget watercolor. A lot of people, they say, well, uh, um, now watercolor oils is intimidating. But I mean, I was intimidated by color, period. Uh, so it actually, it was a learning curve just to work in color. I could pencil really well, but uh, coloring was something that was new for me. And I, when I first started doing colors, I started with watercolor. And then uh, from watercolors, I went to acrylics, from acrylics, to oils um, and I like all the mediums oils is like my favorite of course because I can water it down or I can make it as thick as I want it to be uh, so um, that's just that progression uh, with the different paints is something and, and to this day I, I still have my color pencils I have my color pencils now same set of color pencils for the last maybe what 24 years 25 years wow. you know I, I still have them so um, in this piece right here, I started sculpting, uh, this piece I started on about 22 years ago, 22 years ago. And it's still, I still have a little more to do on it. And I will pull it out every now and then. It's real heavy piece, 
the history behind it is uh, I was doing uh, Nimrod. Uh, if you know anything uh, biblically speaking, uh, Book of Genesis, Nimrod was the king, uh, king of Babel and whatever. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And uh, they built the tower and God came down and, you know, confused them. And they came down speaking, speaking different language. But Nimrod was like the first king in the Bible. And so this was is what this was right here. And it was a piece, you know, I like to sculpt. I don't sculpt as much um, as I used to, but sculpting is something that I, I enjoy doing. And this was a piece, one of my first big sculptings. I have another one uh, as well, but. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm impressed because there's like so many different styles, even sculpting, that's, that's mm -hmm. totally different as far as like painting, of course. Mm -hmm. How, what made you like really start to try that? I guess just trying to be all around artist. That's what it feels like. I, I, I used to play with clay when I was growing up as well. Um, uh, my mother's home behind her house, they were building an interstate and it took, I'm um, literally it took about maybe seven years. They were building the overpath that was like right behind my backyard. And it was like a, a mountain as high as the house that I lived in, but the mountain had clay in it. And uh, I used to grab the clay from there and form things with that. But uh, yeah, uh, as an adult, uh, I, excuse me, I enjoy doing clay. Um, and uh, I just don't do it as much as I would like. I think anytime I'm sitting down to do art, my, my first thought is let me focus on my painting. As a hobby, I still do clay uh, things from time to time, but I haven't done it in a while. Um, and this right here was just something that I had the idea. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you where the idea came from. Uh, what was the old television show Stargate? Uh, I think it was Stargate, where they would go through this portal. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the show, they would show this one particular face and you could tell it was uh, an African face or whatever because part of the, 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 um, the logo of the show was Egyptian. Or whatever um mm -hmm. and even the characters in it you could tell they took a lot of the costume and the look from like egypt uh you know some parts of africa but they had a particular face and the face also always stood up it stood out in my my mind and that sort of gave me the idea of, of creating this big black face um here so that's what that came yeah. from i like that i mean it's not like you have so many skills and you're in so many different mediums or you are at least skill in, mm -hmm. in the different mediums like how much how much art do you would you say you do a year like how many pieces would you say uh, you do in a year um maybe 20 25 depends on on the size you know if, if it's a uh -huh. big piece you know some big pieces take a little bit more time but i do a lot of small things and i do a lot of pieces that um i mean to me, they're unfinished. To someone else, they may like, oh yeah, you know, abstract or whatever. Yeah. Um, what I do is, um, a lot of times with my paintings, I create these backgrounds, these sort of like, and I don't have any in here uh, where I am. Oh yeah, I do. I'll show you. For example, but this is old background. Can you pick this up? Uh huh. And yeah. this is just on a piece of paper, or canvas paper. But uh, I would create these little backgrounds abstract backgrounds and um i just let them sit i have i have backgrounds from years ago and i'm like waiting when something some inspiration hits me then i say i know what i'm gonna do with that background i know what i'm gonna put on it so you know i do these canvas backgrounds and i just stick them away 
And sometimes I use them right away. Sometimes I'll put them away for another time. Um, yeah. And I like texture. I, I like doing a lot of uh, work with uh, plaster. I would take on my canvas, sometimes I would take some plaster or some molding paste and I lay it down just to give it some tooth. Uh, so when my paintbrush goes across it, you'll it'll pick up that texture on it. So I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, doing texture with the pieces. But but like I say, you know, it, it varies from how many I do a year. Well, we talk about texture. I know like one of the things that in Out of My Soul, you have like the kind of like the pink texture and the blue. You have like a nice little variety there. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about like the inspiration behind that piece? Out of My Soul... Out of My Soul was the second piece, what was going on at the time. And that was done uh, almost two years ago, about two years ago. Uh, I, I'm, I have the, the artist, the type of art that inspires me varies. Um, there are some famous artists who are long gone, who are like some of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I do like uh, Pollock. Um, it was more of an abstract type of artist. Um, there's an artist by the name of uh, uh, Alma, Alma Tadema. I'm sort of hacking his name up. It's Sir Alma Tadema, uh, one of my all-time favorites. And the guy, his detail was out of this world. He could paint marble, and you think he was looking at a photograph. And he would do these Roman columns and Egyptian-style type work, but he's a big influence. And then there's uh, Whistler who would use these broad strokes, you know, and he would water down his paintings. He would dilute the, these were oil paints, but he would dilute it so it was more turpentine than it was paint or whatever he was using. Um, But he would take these broad strokes and just with a couple of strokes, you knew exactly what it was. Without all the little fussy detail, he was able to accomplish that, accomplish what he was going after with just a few strokes. And I I don't know if I, you know, I, 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 think, if I'm not mistaken, his belief was, you know, if you if you can accomplish it with as few strokes as possible, you know, if, if I can make something look like a gold necklace with just a couple of strokes and it looks like a gold necklace, that's more than a whole bunch of little tiny ones. But I say all that to say that Out of My Soul was like the second painting. There's one called Henpeck that I have where I was trying to I'm working on my style, like kind of like coming to my own, creating my style. I enjoy abstract, but I also like um, uh, impressionism. And, you know, I, I like your your contemporary stuff. And I'm like trying to combine all of that. So when you look at Out of My Soul, you'll see some abstract going on in the background. You know, and if you look real close around the neck and the skin tones, you'll see all these colors, all these things going on. Um, but that's, you know, I'm pulling from all the different influences that I, that have been a part of, you know, of molding my style and I'm trying to put them all together, but I don't want it to look like I'm just taking abstract and I'm taking, you know, um, impressionism and it looks a painting. It looks like abstract and impressionism. I want it to all flow, you know, and, and, and out of my soul was the second one. And from that point, I'm still doing, it's it's still a work in progress with a lot of my pieces. But a lot of times you'll see some abstract going on, you'll see some loose painting, but at the same time, you'll see some tight rendered stuff going on. Out of my soul, I believe there are some birds going on in there, 
But if you look toward the bottom right hand with my signature, there's like an abstract or, or not even an abstract. It's more of a loose bird. And if you look real close, the bird's upside down. The little red bird and, and it, I painted it upside yeah. down on purpose. Um, but I was like, why not? Just throw it in there. <laughs> and and at the same time, I'm, 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 there are times in that painting when I'm working real close with all the details and you look in the skin, you see all the little brush strokes, you know, and none of it's just haphazard. Each color that's in that going on there, it was purposely put there, you know, it, everything. But then there's times in that same painting where I'm working real loose, you know, there's the, the uh, double bass instrument. As you go toward the bottom of it, I think the strings turn red and I'm just like, you know, real quick, real quick with it. But then I come up top and I'm like taking my time and working in it. And I'm just trying to make it all flow. It looks like it's all one painting instead of a bunch of paintings put on one canvas. Well, I think mission accomplished. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. I actually, one of the things that I love is like, like the side of the base. Like I'm like, it looks like a porch. I mean, like it looks like a, a picture from a camera. Like it is just so mm -hmm. detailed and like just the glisten on the side. I'm like, uh, well, it's amazing. How did you do that? <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you that. Remember, I worked on yachts, and and, oh, <laughs> and for ten oh. years we painted wood grain. That's what we did. We painted, you know, whether it's uh, maple, hardwood, zebra wood, <laughs> you, you name it. We, you know, uh, what do you call it? The, the swirly woods. We painted so many different woods. Pine. We painted wood yeah. grain, and and um, so I think a lot of that is just years of painting wood grain, learning how to use a dry brush. You know, uh, I, I tell other artists, I was like, you know, cause I, I was talking with a couple of artists one time. They was like, well, I need new brushes. I need new brushes. I'm like, you, some of the best brushes are the old brushes, you know, and you know, and I don't throw away any brushes. I, I, I work it to the stuff. I got all these old brushes, but those are some of the best ones. And when the, when the bristles are turned all sorts of ways, Cause that's when you can really get the detail. You know, that's what those are the brushes you use for hair, for for wood grain. You know, for those little fine because and you just put just the slightest bit of paint on it and you just let it glaze. You know, glide across the canvas. That's where you pick up the little details from that. You know, um, another one of my favorite uh, artists, uh, which shows up inside of Out of My Soul, is an artist by the name of Clem. He, one of his most famous paintings. Uh, was the kiss, uh, and he's a Ven uh, um, Venetian, I think this time Venetian artist. But Clem worked with gold leaf as well, but he would also do a lot of pixel dots. And in my work, not all the time because the style kind of switches a little. But in out of my soul, you'll see it. There's a lot of dots going on, a lot of little. But that comes from Clem, and I do have a Clem story. Now, this is a famous artist, world famous artist. I mean, he's up there with the Picassos and all those guys. Um, when I was working in the yacht industry, I was working on this particular boat and it was like a five story boat. I'm talking with a Russian sauna at the top of the, uh, on the outside of the yacht, spiral staircase wrapping around a S uh, elevator, glass elevator. The carpet, when you walked inside, it was the, it looked like beach sand with the ripples in it, that type of, uh, you know, silk walls, marble everywhere. Wow. The boat, the captain gave me a tour. He told me about the boat. 
The boat was uh, a $50 million yacht. The artwork on the boat was way more than the boat itself. It was a private collection with no cameras allowed on it. But in this boat, you had he had a gallery that I had to work. I spent two weeks on this boat. He had a gallery on this boat, private gallery. Inside of it, you had original Picassos, Marc Chagall's. Um, in the center of the boat, what they call the salon, which is like the living room of the boat. The whole time I was there, they had this uh, package. It was it was boxed up. It was uh, paper uh, wrapped in saran wrap, being held up by some wooden wooden uh, thing to hold it up. It was like upright. It was a painting, huge painting, almost about the size of this right here. And the whole time I'm looking at it, but I you know I didn't bother with it, you know. And I'm looking. I'm like, I wonder what's in the inside. The second week I was there. I decided I'm going to take a peek while no one was around. I'm like peeking, pulling back because I wanted to see the painting on the inside. And I'm like, this looks so familiar. It looks so familiar. I go home and I pull out my clip book because I have books on artists. And I'm flipping through the pages and there's the painting in the book in the original sitting on the yacht. Wow. Amazing. The original, and I'm like, you know, he said no cameras. I'm with my cell phone. I have pictures with Picassos, but I'm like, you know, selfies <laughs> just like this was a Picasso. <laughs> I mean, it, it was nothing to walk on that boat and see a Chagall. Just you turn in a corner, going to the bathroom, and it's just the originals is just sitting there. Private collection on the whole yacht. It was owned by some lord in England, and I thought the owner must have been from. India or something because the tapestry, the colors, the curtains, it was those rich colors, gold, magenta, you know, really beautiful boat, beautiful boat. Uh, but it was owned by some lord out of England. And so that's my story. That was like my favorite yacht out, out of all the boats I worked on. And that Klimt painting blew me away. And so he is one of the artists. When you look at the background of Out of My Soul, you see all those colors, those little dots that's Clem all the way. So you, you mentioned a lot about um, like the detail. You have a lot of meaning in your pieces. Is there like, is that how I, I feel like art pieces have meaning? Is that like, mm -hmm. where does that come from? Is that how you just like to create your work? If you, if you notice a, a lot of my work, um, I have birds or I have butterflies or some element of nature going on in it. And those are symbolic for me uh, out of my soul. I believe I, I, a lot of times we, we look at paintings, and I've said this before when I when I speak with other people. We'll look at a painting and we'll say, oh, you know, it, it resonates with us. We'll be like, oh, you know, I can feel that. I can, you know, uh, I honestly believe that everyone is connected by the heart. You know, this is not the heart. This is the heart, the heart right here, the mind. Um, I think we're all connected, good or bad. You know, and, and oftentimes, you know, you, you'll hear people say, well, you know, if someone's a bad person, you'll say, well, that's a godless person. They they godless. But it, I think everyone is born with a voice inside of them, that that inner part, inner man. And it's even with bad people, it, it's not that they, they're godless. They're just not listening. There's a voice that will lead and guide you always into doing what's right. Never, it will never lead you to evil, but it will lead and guide you to do what's good and what's right. Oftentimes, when people go astray in life, it's because it's not they don't have that 
They're not listening to it. There's their, that inner man is telling you, you shouldn't do that. You know, you shouldn't do that. But they ignore it. And I think in life, the, the more you listen to it, the stronger it is. You, you, you can recognize it. You can hear it. When you don't listen to it, it's real faint. It's there, but it's faint, you know, because you're not used to hearing it. I believe when people see artwork, because there is a connection with man, I mean, we're connected through nature, the the birds, the ants, everything is connected. You know, uh, our, our DNA is made of the same thing that, you know, this laptop and this chair, you know, it's all, you know, that's science. You know, we, we're made of the same stuff. We're connected in a way. When people see artwork, I think it resonates because a lot of times when you're painting something, not just painting for money or something, but when it's coming from the heart, the mind, when, you, when it's coming from your soul, it resonates with people. But it is only going out from you and is only returning to where it came from. You know, it's because all minds are connected. It's leaving the mind, going back to the mind. And so when people yeah. see it, it resonates with them because it's only it came from the same place. You follow what I'm saying? And so yeah. out of my soul, those birds symbolize something coming out from the woman. And in this case, she was singing from her heart. She was playing from her heart. That's why it's called out of my soul, meaning out of my mind. And, you know, it's coming out of her to the viewer. They seeing it and it resonates with them, but it's going to them. You know, so yeah. that's what the birds are. Sometimes I use birds, butterflies as uh, as thought, the power of thought. You can think good thoughts, you can think bad thoughts. And, and uh, thoughts are, there's energy. There's positive energy and negative energy. Um, I believe to some degree you can um, control your destiny. You can control where you're going if you can control your thoughts. You know, if you can harness your thoughts. And, and there's a, a famous quote that says, um, uh, keep your hands firmly on the helm of thought. I have a painting that's called The Helm of Thought. And again, there's birds coming out from the young lady that I painted. She, she's creating, and one of the birds is half formed because it's in the middle. It's right in the middle of being created. She's bringing forth her thoughts. In life, we can bring forth our thoughts if we just keep our hands firmly on the helm of thought. You know, we can make things happen with that. And that's that God-given gift that's in all men that I believe in. So that's the meaning behind a lot of my work. You'll see like the birds or, or some sort of element of nature, that intangible thing that we don't see, but it's real, is there. That's what that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I think about like when you said there was uh, like Picasso and maybe uh, the type of but like, abstract art the art that everybody had the same kind of ideas at the same time it's like it's not just your thoughts thought. you know how like i said everything's connected even like with us with puzzles of color other companies that are starting like puzzle companies others mm -hmm. why they have like artists to do it it's the idea that like once it's in the world that everybody like it just someone else connects to it and like they have that same thought maybe the same time period it's just a matter of like you know doing that art or doing that you want to do but just kind of like said all the minds are connected that just really yeah yeah and i mean you know to some degree like i said there's nothing new under the sun it's like and, and we yeah. all we learn from one another as an artist you know who, who was it was it uh i think it was picasso who said you know uh 
uh, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. You know, exactly. you know, yeah. <laughs> we're constantly, I, you know, I see, I see other artists. I'm like, you know, man, I like that. It, it, next week, you're gonna see some element of that in my work. You know, that's that's yeah. what that's what we do. You know, I, I'm always mm-hmm. I, I use social media, particularly Instagram, and I'm always scanning. I have. The, the the saves that I have, the people that I save, I have some great artists in there. And I'm like, I'm taking little elements. It may be just a color combination. These two colors that yeah. look great together. And I'm like, I'm going to use that in the abstract. I'm going to take something. It may be the shadow, just the, the twist of a hand or something. I, 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 I saved the guy. He's not even an artist. But he, had a, he, he posted a pic of his hands. And it was just... You know, it was the way the twist of his hand like that, and I was like, "Man, that's cool. I got to use that in a piece or something." So I'm, I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I would take something and, and see it, and you know, and take it and and make it mine. And then somebody else will come and see my work, take it and make it theirs. But that's that's what we do. You know, um, yeah. One of the biggest inspirations behind my work. It's music. I listen to music a lot when I'm painting, and and it really depends on what I'm painting. Depends on the song that I'm listening to, and when I paint, I will literally listen to a song 40, 50 times straight, like for days, <laughs> because I'm feeling that at the moment. You know, when I'm painting this thing, that's what I'm feeling at the time. That energy, and and you know, I, I try to put it in my painting, and, and I mean that's why I had earphones. All I was painting just before we sat down for this interview, so. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, uh, it, music like is a big part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, music is like a, an mm-hmm. art, both like time capsules. So like, when you feel that feeling, you get it from the music or the art. Yeah. You remember that time period. You look at the art, you remember that time period. You listen to music for that time period. And that's kind of like why you started the series as well, because we want to hear like what kind of music people listen to that kind of like inspires mm-hmm. them and how that, you know, influences their art. So can you tell us a little more about like type of music you listen to in general, like what you're that's like to to. that's about as wide. I mean, there is no. <laughs> I listen to everything from country to blues to R and B. I mean, uh, the Atlantic rhythm is one. That, I, there's a song, um, "I'm So Into You" by by a band. It's called Atlantic Rhythm. That was like way back in the day, but that was the inspiration behind a uh, painting that I did. It's called Voodoo and the Vibes because it's actually a line in the song, "Voodoo and the Vibes." But I, Michael McDonald, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm big on that today. I'm, I'm, I got OJ's playing all day today, you know. And then if you follow my Instagram, uh, you're gonna see there's gonna be I'm gonna make a video and it's gonna have the OJ song in it. But uh, I got that going on today. Uh, the other day I had Nina Simone going on, you know, Center Man, Nina, Nina Simone. So I mean, it goes. It depends on what I'm painting at that moment and what I'm feeling and. Like I say, some days I, there may be three songs I'm just rotating back to back, just just playing over and over while I'm painting. Um, so, so like, would you say, did you do? You, is the what comes first, the painting or the music? Is the, is it the music inspires you to paint something, or the or, or vice versa? You know what comes first, the title. I usually come up with names before I do paintings. Really? I, I have a list literally in my phone. That's called, and I put it in my notes. It, it's uh, painting names of probably about 40 names for paintings. And this also helps when you get what they call writer's block, but like painter's block. Mm-hmm. 
I can go look at my notes because sometimes, you know, as an artist, you get in that place where it's like, man, I don't know what I want to pay, what I want to do. And this went on for years. It wasn't until about maybe about four years ago, three years ago, I started saving these ideas. And now I have about 40 names for paintings. I got these crazy paintings that I want to do. And I just write it down. So the, the, the name, it's almost like when I think of movies, like an idea for a movie, I always think of the ending. I don't know how we're going to get there, but this, he died at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. He, he, you know, a bunch of crickets kill him at the end. I don't know how, that, how it's going to happen, but that's what's going to, they're going to take over the world and they're going to kidnap uh, the president. That's what's going to happen. And so I come up with the ending, a lot of paintings. Wow. I come yeah. up with these cool names for them. And then I'm like, okay, okay. How is this going to be? Most recently, I was, matter of fact, it was just before uh, someone had did an interview a couple of weeks ago, last week. And um, I was thinking on like my work and, and the, the process of painting and how as an artist, one of the tricky parts, and I think this happens with a lot of artists, is um, knowing when to back off. You know, uh, you, you can do a piece and you can overdo it, like overwork it and you mess it up. And sometimes you got to just back away. Uh, my mentor, who I call Mo, uh, Mo Maureen, the woman I told you about, who I, I trust her her voice. A lot of times I bring a paint. I'm just like, well, you know, do I need to do this or that? She said, no, 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 no. Just leave it. It's, it's finished. It's done. And so yeah. a lot of times as an artist, you're trying to find that, that place where it's done. Um, and it's I, I liken it to like, my art and i do ebony art i do black art that's I, you know that's my passion but it's like putting my art on a tightrope and trying to balance it and then walk away mm -hmm. too much to the left it'll fall too much to the right it'll fall and just having my art sit up there and letting the world look at it and just from thinking on that that process an idea came to mind i i because i do black art i do like a thousand paintings I was thinking a thousand Negroes in the air. That's the name of the painting, a thousand Negroes in the air. Negroes meaning really paintings, a thousand paintings that I'm trying to balance all my artwork. I'm trying to balance it and yeah. just be able to walk away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, the definitely, but definitely the, 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 the title usually comes before the painting comes. I like that. I never thought about yeah. that way. Like to, and like you say, it's have a story. You want to have the ending before you have the, you know, the whole story. Yeah. Or if you're like movies, like you said, so that's, that's mm -hmm. just. Mm -hmm. So I, you mentioned social media a little bit earlier and like you've been painting or doing art, I guess, for, for so many years. What, how would you say that your art has been received you know, what is the, what, how has social media impacted the way your art is received from 15 years ago to now? Like, how did you, what's the difference? Believe it or not, I, I didn't start doing black art, ebony art, maybe about four years ago, five years ago, maybe. Before then, m most of my work, I was, it was just work for hire. You know, people would hire me. I, and I really had the energy to even do any work on my own. You know, I was always doing somebody else stuff. But when I was doing work on my own, um, I was painting all sorts of maybe scenery backgrounds. I can't even remember, but, um, <clears throat> ebony art, black art. Um, I didn't know 
and, and maybe it was just my ignorance. You know, I didn't know how receive. You know, can I make a living just doing? If I just catered toward doing black art, you know, and, and that that was an ignorant thought, you know, I'm thinking. Um, but believe it or not, I get the social media. I get so much response from people who are not black, who are not a color. You know, they love black art. You know, and, and I would say half, maybe a little bit more than half of the people who purchase my work are not black. You know, black people love my art, but I'm talking about those who are actually shelling out dollars for it. Unusually not, yeah, yeah, they're, they're not black. You know, they, you know, so I mean, the response is, is great. I mean, I'm like, you know, and if you go to my Instagram, you can see it's just, I do black people, I do black art. But if you look at the, the comments, people love it, you know, and, and um, it's, it's something that for me, as an artist, I'm never really that satisfied. There's very few pieces that I look at and I'm saying like, I'm like completely satisfied with it. I mean, very few pieces that I look at. There's always something, I feel like I'm leaving something on the table. And that's that part of me that says like, just walk away, let it go. You know, and if it doesn't sell or if it's not hanging somewhere, sometimes I go back and I'll go back and touch up with stuff. Somebody said that's cheating. Like, you know, once you sign your name, it's supposed to be finished. There are no rules. Yeah. You know, I sign my name. I go back and work on it two or three different times. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm never. Very rare am I satisfied. Like I'm totally satisfied. Like I'm. This is. I'm complete. I really love this piece. That doesn't happen that often. I always feel like I can do more. I can be better at it. But yeah, to people they don't know. You know. It's like a, a musician or you know any other artist. A lot of times, people they like it. They like you know they, you know. I was always taught you know just act like you meant to do that. Like you know yeah yeah I meant to I meant for it to look like even if it was a mistake yeah I meant I meant for that to be. Um, so yeah, the reception is good. Even though to myself I always feel like I can do better. I can do more. So, I, I even for me as like an artist, you know, I do graphic design. So, uh, even mm-hmm. all the designing things like that, it's always the same feeling like. I still need to do more. I still like, is it done yet? Or, you know, tweaking things, just minor changes. Cause you just always think like it could be better. So yeah, it's sort of the hunger to keep mm-hmm. you motivated, honestly. So yes, that's, that's that, awesome. it, that is true. That is, that is true. Um, there's always some room for growth. Um, and, yeah. and even now, um, um, during these times, I'm, I'm literally, I'm in that middle place where I'm still trying to find developing my style it's still changing and you know it changes a, a little bit and sometimes you'll see things i post uh sometimes you'll see stuff that looks more quick fast and then you know right now i'm working on a piece that's uh with a little bit more detail into it but that's all a process for me when i'm i'm, I'm I, I think as an artist for me if I try to go real slow and do everything, it shows up in the work. Like it's like, you know, like I'm straining, like I'm, I'm, I'm straining. Uh, some of the best pieces are some of the best parts of a painting is when I'm moving fast. Yeah. Now, I, I can go and put little detail, like the little dots and little specks and all that in there. That's one thing. But when I mean by straining, struggling, when I'm trying to get it just right, you know, yeah. You know, sometimes it messes up the painting. Just yeah. go with the fast strokes and, and sit back and 
and let it be. And, and that's what I'm still learning. You know, it's a process for me that I'm, I'm trying to control and get better at. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, every day we were talking about your art. I was like thinking about, I just, I just watched Hamilton because I have Disney plus it like that's a <laughs> song on there called satisfied. And it talks about how Hamilton was constantly writing and constantly tweaking things mm-hmm. and he would never be satisfied. And uh, so uh-huh. it's like, you know, if I feel like there, everybody has, like, if there's something that they're really passionate about, that's, uh-huh. then that's what happens. You end up, you want, you want to perfect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you end up, you know, oh, you can overwork things. Yes. But yes. Yes. It's a matter yes. of learning, you know, it's a learning curve to know, like, when do you just step away and let it be? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that applies for all creative people, whether it's poetry, art, music, Right, you know, I, I think you can find people who would agree with that in all the different mediums. As a, as a person who used to do art, like I used to draw all the time, I always think to myself, I really wish I had stayed with art because if I'd have known like that art would be so, I feel like it's so well accepted on Instagram and social media. People would, like want to have people do this such art, or people who do like comic books or mm-hmm. art, art styles. Like they, I feel like there's more ways to make an income and a living of art now because of yeah. social media just how there's like mm-hmm. a way to like social yeah. media has changed art and entertainment in general yeah. like yeah. You think about how many more channels there are the fact that you have mm-hmm. so many more actors getting opportunities yeah, that's true, i yeah. mean you know and the, mm-hmm. the streaming and all of that stuff and and yeah. the same thing with with art like i mean tiktok people are painting live on tiktok and then yeah. they're getting mm. following and viewership that way it's just really like, yeah. you know people yeah. talk about social media in a negative way and and, and there are some negative impacts but it also has uh, you know yes. really does give people a great creative license especially as we're talking about as we're dealing with covid and mm-hmm. in quarantine it's giving people like you know a dancer i have a friend that that is a dancer that is able to you know she's not able to, to dance and like like live shows, but she can do live streams on her, mm-hmm. on her social media. So. Yes. It, it, yeah. It, it's something. And, 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 you know, with the whole COVID thing, like, to add to your point, um, you know, the, the one good thing is it, it caused the world to slow down some. And for a lot yeah. of people, not everyone who's uh, taken advantage of the time, but for a lot of people, you know, they, they have a, a epiphany or whatever. And, and it's like, you know, I think I'm going to start on something that that dream that I've always wanted to follow that I always put yeah. off because I haven't had time uh, yeah. because I ain't got no job or uh, whatever the case is, you know, I'm going to start this. I'm, you know, a lot of people, they begin to follow their passion. And I, I think this, you know, for all the bad that it's had, there are some good things with the whole COVID thing, you know, for you can really begin to to focus in on, you know, what is like my purpose, you know, in life, what's my destiny, what, what was in me that I never follow or pursued and taking that time to do it. And with social media, uh, it opens the door, you know, for, for artists and for musicians and, and, you know, you don't have to go through the, uh, uh, the gatekeepers uh, of, of, yeah. of your industry anymore. For a lot of artists, you know, the galleries held all the keys it would now, and you could, you know, you say, you know, and they pick and choose. There are a lot of talented artists out there, but they pick and choose who they want in, and some of it is a who, you know, who you know type of a thing. But artists can cut out and carve a good living for themselves through social media, and you know, we don't have to yeah. go through the galleries anymore. You know, I, I can go straight to the people, you know, keep my percentage in my pocket, you know, and, yeah. and create a living that way. Or oh, I could go through the galleries. You know, but um, 
it's not necessary. You know, there, there are so yeah. many different avenues that artists, you can create a path for yourself to make a living these days. Um, yeah, so, and same thing, I think, from my understanding, I don't know, but from my understanding, same thing with musicians. Uh, you know, a lot of times people are finding ways around going through record labels or whatever to uh, to get their work out there, get it out to the people to see and, you know, taking some control of the, uh, what you do. What what kind of advice would you give to, like, any new artists who want to make a career out of, like, just doing art? Like, um, yeah. What I would say, and this is something that I'm still learning myself, but uh, the business of art. I mean, you know, uh, I think one of the hiccups that uh, uh, a lot of artists, and you hear it all the time with artists, even those who've, who've gone to school for art, they teach art. You know, you know, they teach you technique and all this, but they don't teach you how to make a living at art. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like, OK, yeah, I, I'm a great painter. I can't make a dime, though, uh, for it. Yeah. So, you know, definitely um, the earlier you start, the better. Like, you know, the business of art, um, learning that, I, I would think the most important thing. Uh, uh, because you don't even really be honest. You don't even have to be a great artist to sell art. <laughs> you know, you, you just... Mm-hmm. You got to know where you where you're going, what you want. I think that's like the most underrated part of being an artist is actually the business side because, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, you can be great, but no one knows your name or nobody like sees yeah. your art. Mm-hmm. Or if you do see your art, they don't pay what it's worth because you don't know what it's worth yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really gonna help you to like really grow and become, yeah. you know, Basquiat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, the the thing is, our art is not something that's. In, in a sense, it's not needed. Like, it's not like food, you know, water. You know, it's a luxury yeah, thing and whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, you know, if it came down to some sort of apocalyptic world that we were living in, you know, art wouldn't be the thing. But it's, you know, you have to make it something that it, it can resonate with people. You have to be able to sell it, you know, and, and yeah. people yeah. don't, they don't necessarily buy your art, really, because of your art. A lot of times they buy your art because of you, you know, your personality yeah. and whatnot. You know, the, the more people can resonate with you, the more appealing your art looks, you know. So, exactly. yeah. you know. Um, what piece would you say um, actually has impacted you the most? That's a that's a tough one. I have a couple of pieces that, that stand out to me that... Uh, this one right here is actually is big for me too. This though it's not a painting, this is big to yeah. me. This is like a personal thing. I, I would never sell this piece right here. Mm-hmm. That's big because just uh, the the process that it took. But there's a piece that I have, and it one day I give it a title. It doesn't have a name to it, but it's it's uh, and it and it's not even a painting. It's a it's a sketch. And uh, if you go through my uh, Instagram and scroll down, you'll find it there. But it's just it's a bunch of naked people, uh, sort of like piling on one another, and they're like uh, climbing, but they're not just climbing; they're pulling up one another. And uh, mm. and the sketch, it it wasn't supposed to be anything really big, or anything. I was doodling pretty much. I was I remember I was I was literally on the floor in my living room with a paper out just doodling. And I started with this one line and I, hmm, and I started adding to it and adding to it and it came into this nice piece. And every now and then I'll post the piece over and over again. Um, yeah. 
but that's a big piece to me and it's I guess it's about community it's about helping one another because it's people it's it's men and women but they're pulling up and they're butt naked there's no clothes not a stitch of clothes on them and in the, the drawing it's not even in detail it's just it's almost uh, the figures are sort of stretched you know uh really stretched uh exaggerated uh yeah but uh that piece is a, it kind of means something to me and and it, i just keep it i'm i'm want to turn it into a painting actually um i keep thinking and uh actually the, the painting was diaspora what's the name of the painting i was thinking uh, it would be s slightly different because um, in the painting there will be some color other than skin tone. I wanted to wrap flags around each one of the, you know, one may have a flag wrapped around his thigh or his head or the waist, but it'd be a flag from all the countries around the world. And, and it represents our people and, and how, you know, we would spread out to every place on the planet. But yet it's like black people coming together, helping, building, pulling up one another from all over the world. Yeah. And so uh, that. That, that piece would mean something to me. And it doesn't exist yet, but the, the drawing is there for that yeah. uh, foundation for it. So, Yeah, the idea of the concept sounds like a piece you might have to make a puzzle out of. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I'll actually, if you scroll down, you'll see it. It's, it's a pencil drawing. Yeah. I don't have that many up there, so you'll see it. You know, you'll okay. know it when you see it there. Yeah, so speaking of puzzle, uh, I hope we sent you your puzzle, hope you received it. Uh, oh, man. How does it feel to, like, Sweet. To see your Sweet. art as a uh, puzzle? Sweet. <laughs> I didn't catch the last part. I didn't hear you. Yeah, uh, how does it feel to see your art as a puzzle? How is it, like, differ? Man, it's it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. It's um, yeah. And I think uh, I saw the interview with one of the artists, um, something along the lines they said, because I was thinking the same thing. It's like it's one thing you see your artwork, but now you see something that's okay. Now people are going to put this together, you know. So now they're uh, looking at your art for hours and hours, and they can really see your yeah. artwork. You know, it's not just a painting on the wall. I'm literally getting involved, and then the end result will be the painting. So I mean, it, you know, that's hot, man. That thing is it's fire. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's tight. But I tell you, I like it. I like. It. I think you guys have a great idea. You know, um, anytime I've mentioned it, people are like, wow, that's that's cool, that's great. And and here's the thing, when I first met you, uh, I, had, I went out of town and I, I sat down with the, I met with my old uh, roommate, good friend of mine, and I told him. A matter of fact, the second time I spoke to you, I was out of town and I was at his home, yeah. and I told them about you. And the, the funny thing is, just a day or so before that uh, phone call. He was like, yeah, yeah, me and my wife, man, we went out and we ordered this puzzle from like Japan, da, 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 da. And that's what sparked me. And then I told him about you. And it's like, what? Yeah. And, you know, they ordered this puzzle. And I think me and you were talking. I was seeing how the, the puzzles, they had put this like thing on the back, numbers on the back for those who are having a hard time putting the puzzle together. Like if you just put this section together, then maybe, mm -hmm. you know, that may help. But, um, yeah, he they were blown away by the idea of, you know, what you guys are doing with the uh, the, the whole ebony puzzle? Because I don't know of anybody else out there who's doing it like that. I mean, there's plenty of puzzles, but uh, nothing that <laughs> yeah. really highlights us, you know. So, well, so a quick question you know, to you. Quick question to you. 
Who? Yeah. How did that idea come about? I mean, I know because I seen the interview. You both, you all were doing puzzles, yeah. but who? Yeah. Who actually came up with that idea of black folk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, well, I basically, the real idea was when I was pregnant, I wanted to do a puzzle of just so that I could, I couldn't think of anything for my nursery. And I was like, I want to do a puzzle that I can model my whole nursery around. Uh And that way, like, like during my whole nine months of pregnancy or whatever, I can be putting this together. And then this is the final thing that is, goes in the nursery. And then when I went to the store, I couldn't find anything. And I was like, I searched online forever. Like, I was like, I just don't see anything that I want to, you know, that, that, would what I would want to do a whole room around, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, well, hey, you know, William has a friend named Kwanzaa. She's amazing. She actually yeah. um, did a custom piece for my mom mm-hmm. that we absolutely love. And so I was like, tell Kwanzaa she needs to do some puzzles. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was like it. Like I was like, I was like trying to hand the, the idea off to somebody else to do the work. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think as you mentioned with COVID and like, you know, having the extra time on your hands, then it's like, you know, hey, like we talked about this a year ago. Mm-hmm. We got the time. Let's let's look into this. Like, mm-hmm. let's literally like try to make this happen. Uh-huh. And you know, and then it's like, you know, Kwanzaa's not the only artist. There's some other great artists out there that we really like. So it was just kind of like it grew from there. <laughs> wow, big ups, man. I mean, I think you guys got something. I mean, this is like. I think it's going to be big. Uh, I mean, it's already big enough. It's big, but it's going to... Yeah, I think you guys got something really... Uh, you know, you got gold right here. and Great idea. Um, and, you know, not realize... I think my wife was like, yeah, you know, black folks love puzzles, man. I mean, you know, people love puzzles. Black folks love puzzles. Yeah. My grandmother used to do these big puzzles, like... Um, but she would do, like, country scenes, you know, like a, a metal, yeah. or, you know, a brook or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she would do these... Mm-hmm huge puzzles and and you know that was a thing uh there but i yeah, yeah it's yeah it's amazing because growing up i never i never, never looked at art i'm sorry i never looked at puzzles as had an art just that it's like fun things to do and mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. whatever because we did like sceneries or cartoons or something like that so it wasn't really like anything that was like super impactful mm-hmm. but i always felt like there, it was something we it could be because like you know, when you look at those little pieces, like you said, you can see the details. So mm-hmm. for me, when she had, had the idea, I was like, wow, that's a really good idea. When she, she told us, like, a random on Sunday, we were like, let's, let's do something with that. And then ever since then, of course, that's that. off and on, working on it. But yeah. That, that's cool. Are. That's cool. And, and, and now, do you, uh, when you do your puzzles, because I always was taught, you know, it's easy if you start on the edges, do all the edge, yeah. and work your way in. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know how. I don't know the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and, but it's interesting though because like me and William, we're very random. Like, uh, it's, oh, yeah. we do the edges, and then after that, it's just pieces everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But there are some, but like you know, but we as we seeing other people and how they sort their stuff. Like there are people who sort it by very their colors, and they Ooh. sort it by shape, and they, they're very, very meticulous. Uh, and it's, and, but it's so funny though because like, but like both of our spouses are kind of like. Puzzles are too hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm good. Uh-huh. But it's because, like, Amy, his wife, is, like, all about, like, I I need some organization. I can't deal with all this uh-huh. madness that yeah. you guys do. Yeah, <laughs> and same thing with my husband. He's like, you gotta, like, you need to sort this better. Like, I can't, you can't just go willy-nilly. Yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta <laughs> have, like, you gotta have a system in place. Like, uh, <laughs> my, uh, the guy I used to work uh, with uh, when we did the boats, he, he used to always had, he had a saying when we start on these ships, uh, we would all uh, a lot of times when you when you're doing uh, touch up work, 
and you're repairing mm-hmm. furniture, especially high-end furniture, I'm talking like ten thousand yeah. dollars chair, a chair, ten thousand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's <laughs> multiple pieces that are damaged. Always pick the spot that you know that goes unnoticed. If you can, the underneath part that when no one sees, develop your technique. You know, he would always yeah. say, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember Minnesota Fats, though, the pool player. Uh, yeah. he, and he had a saying, you know, take the easy shots first. You know, do all mm-hmm. the easy parts first. Yeah. Then work your way to to the uh, the bigger uh, the bigger side and whatnot. So uh, oh. that was one of the well, things. Well, that we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do the easy. Yeah. Do the corners for all the stuff we can see and, you know, yeah. make a lot of life yeah. a lot of the easier. So, um, you know, that that's... Uh, yeah. You know, that's a good uh, word of advice, whether you're doing puzzles or anything in life, you know? You know, I just was remembering as you're talking, I'm like, I think you, you, we have two artists that are parents. And I was wondering, like, how do you feel like your art has been impacted by having children or, you know, or how how, how do they receive your art? Well, well, uh, my wife is more of the cerebral cerebral that's what i'm saying it right or wrong mm-hmm. uh, uh she's like the brain like the 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 uh what is it the, the left side which one is the, the mm-hmm. which one's the creative side yeah but uh yeah, right. i'm really the creative person i was up in from kindergarten up into senior year i have two daughters uh one's 20 going on 22 the other one's 17. The 22-year-old one, and both of them, but really the 22-year-old one from the time she was kindergarten in kindergarten up until her senior year, I was always that show-and-tell parent. You go to the school, you know, and uh, the school would bring me in. I would do these drawings, uh, and uh, they would bring the classrooms together, and I would talk about art and things like that. As a matter of fact, I'm in her senior yearbook because of her senior year. I, w- I came to her school, and... For half a day, I was classes come together and, and we just talk about art and, um, you know, That's any awesome. words of advice and things like that from. And I at the end of the year, I would always get these piles of uh, well, not even the end of the year. Weeks later, I would get these piles of uh, thank you letters. The kids wrote like, thank you, Mr. Anderson, oh. da, 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 da. So I think I've been yeah. an impact to my uh, my kids. Uh, and they would always say, well, now nah, my wife works in H.R., it's like, Mom, we don't want you to come with that. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> I want to hear my HR. And I'd be like, Angela, why don't you go up there? I, I was up there last year. Why don't you go? It's like, no, nah, no, nobody want to talk about it. She say, nobody want to talk about HR. You go up, you can talk about art. And um, yeah. and one of the things I would always do uh, with the kids, um, I would usually point to like a doorknob, a, a light fixture, something that's silver. And I would say, well, tell me what color is that? And they would say, oh, it's silver or chrome or whatever. I said, no, no, look, what color is it? And you, and you get all these questions. I said, no, you know, here's how artists see things. They're not just looking, they're seeing. You know, a lot of times people look at a flower or a rose and it's always as pretty as beautiful. But with art, a lot of times you're not just looking at the beauty, you're looking at the things that make up the beauty. Why is it? Why does it look the way it looks? I mean, are you looking at the shadows and, and the highlights and, the, you know, the, the, the different shades of color? So when you're looking at that silver doorknob, you're not seeing silver. What you're seeing are all the colors that are reflecting 
onto that yeah. object. You're seeing the white, the gray, the black, the blue from the boy's shirt that's standing next to it. You're seeing all these things. And I, was, I would always say, look, you know, just and advice my father gave me when I was a little boy, because I, I, I remember this day, and at this time I wasn't even that little. I think I was in high school maybe. And I, I had my art pad and my father said, draw something for me. You know, I didn't live with my father, so I would go to his house on the weekends or uh, whatever. And uh, one day I brought my, my art stuff over there and I was drawing and I was like, I'm struggling right here. And my father was an artist. He was a very talented man, a very creative and part of my creativity came from him, but he was an artist. But he said to me, and it, it always stuck with me. He's like, Nolan, just draw what you see. Draw what you see. And so when I was telling these kids, I said, look at that. You know, no, no, you're seeing a lot of things. Don't just look, see. And, and yeah. so when I paint, I'm not just looking, I'm seeing. If I'm painting like a, you know, I have a painting that I'm working on now that has, uh, the, the, the person has on uh, brass, these brass big, about the size of these things. But it, it all, all this light is reflecting in, in this thing. So it's like I'm, I'm putting color where I see light. And if you just put color where you see, you're going to have the image. You know, when, yeah. when you're painting, and I tell my daughters, you know, because my daughter's like, the question was, how does it influence them? They like to draw and paint. They, every now and then they get in the mood, they'll pull out a piece of canvas and they'll paint. But I'll always tell them, just paint what you see. You know, don't yeah. make up anything. Just paint what you see. If you see a leaf and you see it's dark green here, put dark green there. You see it's yeah. red here, put red and if you do that, if you do it enough and you do it accurate, it's going to, you're going to have the image. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, they are, both of my daughters have a, well, they can sing. I can't sing a lick. My wife, she can't sing a lick. I'm a little worse than she is, but they, <laughs> you know, they actually could sing. And I surprised both of us that they had voices. They don't really use it as much. Um, so they, they're very artsy fartsy like that. They like creating and building things. So I think I have some play on that. Um, you know, and every now and then uh, they will sit down and, and then they'll walk by. They used to see me paint because this is all I do. You know, I, I paint. So, you know, somebody else will come to the house and say, oh, that's a great piece. And they're looking like, eh, yeah, okay. You know, because they see it all day long. They see it. But yeah. every now and then they'll stop and it's like, hey, Dad, that looks good. Or I'll ask their opinion. You know, what do you think about this? Today? Just today I was asking one of their opinions on, on something. Um so I think that has an influence. And I think it's pretty, I think that they think it's pretty cool that their dad paints, you know, is <laughs> yeah. an artist. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. As you know, the show is called Vibin' With, and, uh, and as you touched on earlier today, <laughs> Vibin' is, you know, because we, we named it this because there's so much inspiration in, the, in music and uh -huh. art. Uh -huh. And so when you think about when you were making Out of My Soul, what song or what music were you listening to? to they, what, what, would you, what would you associate with that piece? You know, I was listening to some, a couple of songs during that time, and I really can't. I think one of the songs I was listening to, honestly, was, and I, I mentioned earlier, it was a group called, um, I think it's called, they were called Atlantic Rhythm. And they have a song that's called uh, I'm So Into You. I think, uh -huh. I'm so, yeah, I'm so, I don't want to sing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sing it. <laughs> but, but I'm so into you. And, and which later on, the, and I say that because the painting that I did right after that painting was called Voodoo in the Vibes. And I think mm -hmm. it stemmed from that. 
like I said, I would listen to a painting over and over again. I believe that was the the song I was listening to around that time when I was doing Voodoo in the Vibes. Um, not excuse me, not Voodoo in the Vibes, but um, Out of My Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that was around that time I was listening to that. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I listen to is older music, but I do listen to some up-to-date stuff as well, too. I mean, I think Snow Allegra <laughs> came out with her stuff during that time as well. Oh. And I was listening to feeling that as well. Gregory Porter uh, had some things and whatnot. Um, so I was listening to. So all that was going on uh, during that time uh, when I was creating that part. So, uh, yeah, that's what that I think that came from. Every now and then, you know, I'm working like late, late, late like into the wee wee morning time it would not man I think they say was it 2 o'clock are made for lovers poets and artists <laughs> or whatever um, I don't take advantage of it that much but I, you know every now and then I, I'll, I'll hang with them you know yeah <laughs> yeah no I think music is great that's definitely how I do all my designing all my working it's just music playing in the background or even if not that like some type of like podcast a visual thing but mm-hmm. yeah, it helps me to like thing. focus in like when I'm like when my brain is too scattered I'm like okay I gotta I have to do this uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it helps you to just like okay get all that stuff out of your brain and focus in like let's just just zone yeah. out yeah yes. now I was just gonna add and I'm asking questions for both of you before the puzzles like what yes. is like your passion did you have a passion for anything particular before you know so mine is definitely like design art but like uh-huh. branding and creating brands and like I see logos all the time I'm critiquing them in my head or mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. being like ooh that logo ain't it but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that could be better stuff like that so I'm always like critiquing like I guess like I guess advertising my mind was advertising so that kind of like all relates to uh-huh. you know, what I see and how I how I view certain things that I look at I'm really I, I watch a lot of TV uh-huh. <laughs> and but my but but what I'm really into is like hearing about the creative process of like, like I watch a lot of like the round tables that they do, like the Hollywood Reporter does like round tables of like all mm-hmm. of the people who are nominated for, you know, a Grammy or not a Grammy, but a, like an Oscar or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm so fascinated with how people take something from the page and like make this amazing performance mm-hmm. and, or like, you know, just like the cameraman, how they make decisions you know, in, in making a TV show. So, like, I, I, I'm i into that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is yeah. Uh-huh. Thing I didn't go into that field. Uh-huh. Um, but, I, but I'm really, I, I, I like to hear about how creative things are made and how, you know, and the, the, the thought process behind it. So that's kind of my passion is, yeah. is things like this, talking to talking to you. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like that, too. You know, I, I like... Um... It's one thing if you see a finished product, but like, you know, what went into that? You know, um, that's yeah. the thing. You know, I, I like to cook. You know, also I, I do cook. I, I like to cook and whatnot. Um, um, so I do like watching like people prepare things and, and, and stuff. I think that's, a, I mean, of course, that's an art in itself. It's a science and an art to all that. Um, so I, yeah. I enjoy uh, watching people. And 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 um, I'm always interested in their process and how they do things. And uh, I think a lot of times you see a whole lot of similarities, no matter what what it is that they're doing. A lot of people go through the same process when they're creating. Um, 
So yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's. Yeah, like I watch like Thirty for Thirty, and I'm like not even a sports person, but I just <laughs> like to hear the story, like the passion behind. Yeah. You know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I read somewhere uh, with some someone was talking about success. Like, what is success? The true definition of success is basically you're doing what you. If you're doing what you enjoy doing in life, you know, you know whether you are a rock star yeah. or a housewife or a house husband or whatever, if if you're able to do that and you're, then that's a success. You know, a lot of times people think, you know, yeah. they try to use money or da 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 da, but it's are you doing what your passion is? You know, then you found success in that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no matter what it is, and, and uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's always neat to see successful people. No matter what walk of life there is, whether you're the Dalai Lama or whatever, you know, um, hearing their stories. And, and I do believe that everyone can teach something. You can learn something from anyone. You know, everyone has something to mm-hmm. offer that you can learn from. You know, it's just being able to recognize those little nuggets and picking up this here. So, yeah, I'm going to pocket that. I'm going to put that away, you know, and uh, use that later on down the line and whatnot. Um well, thank you so much for sharing all of your yeah. passions. I mean, yeah. look, this is what we this is what we're here for. We want to hear yeah. about your passions and, uh-huh. and you know the man behind out of my soul. Uh-huh. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having so me. Thank you, thank you for having the time. Oh, uh-huh. thanks for vibing with us. Thank you. Yeah, you, thank you for vibing with us. You guys, I'm telling, and I asked who idea was all this, and I mean. Whoever came up with it, I'm telling you, you guys are hitting all the right notes. I mean, even this the thing you're doing with this show right here, uh, you know, uh, you, you're definitely being inspired. So keep doing it. Keep doing your thing and whatnot. And, and I'm looking for, you know, it to go higher and higher. You guys are going to you're doing great and you're going to continue to do great with it. So I'm I'm just glad to be a part of it. So thank you for joining us for an episode of Vibing With. Be sure to purchase a puzzle by this talented artist at puzzlesofcolor.com. You can also listen to a curated playlist of music to pair with their puzzle on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search for Puzzles of Color.